Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode in a new season. A whole shiny, brand new season <laughs> of uh, the Breaking Western podcast. We are now in season five, five. dynamic duos. Talk about dynamic. Other dynamic other duos, dynamics. other than us. Other than that. Pairs and the pards that make up the best of the West. Abby, mm. who are we talking to today? <laughs> <laughs> we're starting good we Let's are we're that. really we're coming in hot with this one uh so today we have courtney dehoff and india hearn Woo! uh so you may know courtney as the fancy lady cowgirl yes um she's been showing up and championing women in the industry for years and years as a tv host speaker podcaster online advocate general queen <laughs> <laughs> And then we have India, who is the owner and designer behind Whiskey Designs. Whiskey, Whiskey with, with an eye. Wow, we, didn't <laughs> we did not plan that. That was good. <laughs> uh, and she has some of the cutest designs and graphics and quotes on this huge range of products. Um, she's set up in the Dallas Farmers Market, but we actually first met India and Courtney at the NFR. As you do. As one does. Um, set up in their booth that featured both Fancy Lady Cowgirl and Whiskey Designs. So, of course, as we were doing storyboarding for this season, um, they were some of the first powerhouses who yeah. came to mind yeah, when absolutely. we thought about dynamic duos in the Western industry. So, we are so stoked to have you on, Courtney and India. How? What do you always say? How the hell are you? <laughs> good. I'm good. good. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Let's just start with India. Let's go with your background just a little bit, like catch us up on your story, kind of how you got started from um, what you were growing up with and then how that happened to become Whiskey Designs. All right. Well, it's pretty simple. I mean, I've always been like very creative my whole life. Like I was that kid in school that like had all the doodles all in my notepad and all that. And um, I, I've just, I've always wanted to kind of do my own thing. I knew I wanted to own my own business at some point in my life. Um, I didn't know it'd be this soon and happening all so fast. Um, I'm proud to say I actually started my company when I was 18. Um, I was a senior in high school and I was designing t-shirts for like a rodeo clothing company and it just kind of took off and I went off to college, kept working with them, um, got halfway through college and I said, well, I kind of already know what I want to do. So I moved back home. Um, I set up a stall here at the Dallas Farmer's Market um, every weekend in the outdoor open air shed. And I created designs and designed new products, uh, t-shirts, cards, stickers, all kinds of fun things um, set up every weekend out there. And three years ago, I opened up my shop here at the Farmer's Market. So I've been here and continue to come out with new products, new designs do custom work, just kind of whatever needs to be done on the creative side, I make it happen. Incredible. That's awesome. And well, it, you do have a range of products too. Yes. We were impressed, like the towels, like that was happening in the booth there was super cool at the NFR. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. And everything is hand-drawn with pen and paper. Um, I really pride myself on that. Just try to make it more handcrafted, you know, and um, everything in my line is designed here and made here in Texas as well. Oh, love that. love that. Love that. I, you know, I was proud of that. You started in high school, like about that transition of technology or how that's changed what you yeah. do, but it's very cool. That's a special thing. 
to hear that someone is still doing that just pen and paper all the way through I mean I'm just an old-fashioned kind of gal and that's <laughs> how I that's just how I do it we love to hear it <laughs> Courtney then the same questions for you um tell us a little bit about who you are what you do the road that's led you here today yeah, well, unlike India, there's not really an artistic bone in my body, at least not <laughs> in the way that India does it. I guess on the like videography side and storytelling side, I guess that's kind of uh, an artistic thing. But yeah, I mean, I grew up in Kansas um, on a small cow-calf operation. I grew up high school rodeoing. Eventually, I went on to college rodeo, pro rodeoed a little bit, showed Angus cattle all over the country. Um, but, you know, just a cowgirl through and through got into television in college through an internship and just never looked back. I, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with storytelling, uh, the bright lights, the cameras. I mean, you name it. I just, I love every aspect of it. And, you know, had a, an interesting journey for about 10 years. Uh, the first 10 years of my TV career, I sort of pushed the cowgirl side of me away because, you know, I was kind of told, look, they're not going to take you seriously in, at the network level ever if you're in a cowboy hat or boots. And it's just too small time. It's too niche. People don't get it. They don't care. And, you know, for 10 years, I really tried to do away with the cowgirl side of me. And, you know, fast forward a, a decade later, and I was working in Dallas um, for a, a news network um, where I'm still based. And, you know, just sort of decided that I needed to tell some of these agriculture-based stories that the mainstream media, the network I was working for included, just really didn't deem newsworthy. They were like, nobody cares what's happening in Kansas, Oklahoma, Colorado, these quote-unquote flyover states. Like just, there's not enough there. It's not worth the news story. And so I started telling them on my social media and they sort of blew up and I was like, dang, like maybe I should lean into this cowgirl thing a little bit more, you know, because it, at its core, that's who I am. I mean, I'm still just a kid from Kansas who grew up on a ranch and started telling more and more stories. And through that evolution, sort of became aware that maybe I didn't fit into the agriculture community anymore either, because I was like living in these major cities. I was, you know, my mornings were hair and makeup, um, you know, TV, they weren't like feeding cows or doing anything, you know, boots on the ground on a ranch. And so, you know, there are people in the industry that sort of began to question my authenticity and question my credibility to tell these stories that I was telling that, you know, many of them were going viral. And so that's kind of a long story or a very shortened uh, version of how Fancy Lady Cowgirl was born. I finally decided I was like, look, I'm never going to completely fit into the world of television and just be the fancy lady that they want me to be um, because I am a cowgirl. But I also am a little bit of a fancy lady because I live in major cities and I work in TV. And um, that's kind of how Fancy Lady Cowgirl was born. And, you know, Fancy Lady Cowgirl really started just with cowgirls, you know, women that were sort of made to feel like they didn't fit in to either uh, community perfectly. And then it's sort of seeped in over the years into mainstream, you know, um, non-Western cultures, like just women and men too, who, you know, have just sort of been made to feel like they don't have a seat at whatever table it is they're trying to have a seat at. And, and Fancy Lady Cowgirl is all about just creating your own damn seat. And it's just kind of taken off from there. So I guess that's my story. I love that. So first of all, thank you for not including Iowa in the flyover state. <laughs> we know it's there, but we're a destination. <laughs> oh, always, of course. But what I love about both of you and how I see you guys kind of coming together is like this urban 
with this rural like component and that certainly feels like texas too because texas is its own animal but then dallas is within that so you guys being based out of there and really bringing your own styles to the table whether that's hand drawing something and it's from your artistic perspective or it's you realizing that you have this very unique corner of the world that you come from um i can definitely see already how like that's merging and there's definitely a base level of just pure passion that yeah. seems to bind both of you that you got into something you found out that you loved it and you just pursued it relentlessly until you've arrived at this point today which i think if you're going to do anything successfully in a partnership you have to have that same base level that baseline where you two can meet and then build from there that solid foundation so tell us more about how then the two of you met and then how you started working together well i stalked india into being partnerships and friendships are formed <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yeah well, I discovered India's store, obviously, um, because the farmer's market is kind of like a destination in Dallas. And my mom and I, when my mom would come to town, we would go in pretty regularly. And so essentially, I think, you know, we just kept showing up and, you know, India being a good businesswoman was like, well, hello, you know, I'm the owner. Why are you creepers always in there? Um, and we just, you know, we just loved it. Um, <laughs> Whiskey Designs is like kind of unique. You know, it's funny when I moved, when I got my first TV job in Dallas, um, my parents and my family was so excited because they're like, oh my God, you're moving to Texas. There's going to be cowboy, like real cowboys on the street. My mom had like planned the wedding. She's like, oh my God, you're going to marry a rich cowboy. Like it's going to be amazing. There are no cowboys in Dallas, y'all. No. Like, um, it is a city, but Whiskey Designs was kind of like this haven that my mom and I discovered. And so, yeah, we just kept showing up. India, do you want to take it from here? Well, and I think like uh, Courtney and her mom, they kind of, they kept coming by the shop every time Courtney's mom was in town. And during the week, so my business, we're family operated. And so during the week, it's my mom and I, and on the weekends, my dad comes and helps and um, I think that's also kind of what got us connected because Courtney would come in with her mom and I'd be here working with my mom and we all just kind of like would chat and it was always fun to see them. And I always love it when regulars come in anyway. So when we finally found like, you know, a mom and daughter pair that kept coming in, it was, it was just really cool and always very exciting when they'd come through the door. And um, I think what got them hooked was my welcome to the shit show t-shirt. And that yeah. started it all, right? Yeah, you had my mom at Welcome to the Shit yeah. Show. <laughs> so I, I feel like that's kind of what got us kind of connected is, you know, they came in and kind of, like Courtney said, kind of found like a, a haven where they felt kind of at home, but yet they were in the big city. And uh, we just kind of connected from there. Who knew that we were getting so like a two for the price of one? Yeah. <laughs> that your moms are also another dynamic yeah, duo. Where, where are they at? How do we? Yeah, yeah. No, you know, and I have to really credit my mom because I'm the type of personality, like, and people just never, it's hard when they see all the things that I'm doing in the industry that I work in, but I'm a very shy person. I've gotten a lot better as I've gotten older. My mother never met a stranger in her life. So I'm pretty sure she was like leaning over the counter, like, hi, what's your name? What's your story? What do you do? How old are you? What's your mom's name? Where'd you go? You know, like my that's mom. That's how it went, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, so then I was like, oh God, I guess I got to talk to these people too, since my mom's just like making herself at home here. Um, yeah. Like, I'm so bored. Uh, yeah. I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Were y'all coming in like pre-COVID? 
I don't even know like when this all happened, but I remember the one time that really like stands out to me with Courtney and her mom. It was right after we were able to reopen uh, here in Dallas. I know it's kind of different across the country, but in, during the whole COVID outbreak here in Dallas, we had to shut down for seven full weeks, which seems like a long time, but in perspective, like New York and LA, seven weeks is nothing to be shut down with a business. But we had just reopened, I feel like. It was about this time of the year, I want to say. And uh, Courtney and her mom came in. And during the shutdown, they had posted, like, my Welcome to the Shit Show shirt or something like that. It all circles back to the Shit Show shirt. Let me just say that. <laughs> um, but they had posted it. And I got a ton of followers from Courtney. And I had done some custom work for a woman in Nevada. And which led us to meet our friend um, with Perigo Cattle, who I continued to do custom work with as well, but because they were in Nevada together, close by, whatever. And um, I was telling Courtney about that. And I just said, thank you all so much for like sharing my product because I got this custom job. And Courtney goes, wait, you do custom work? I had no idea. And that's when she told me about the fancy lady cowgirl and said, well, what if we do some stickers? and kind of see what happens. And here we are today. It was right after, you're right, India, like COVID, I think you had just opened back up. Like, like that, all, yeah. all hell is still totally breaking <laughs> loose. Like I didn't have a single, I lost like 35,000 in contracts in about two hours. I mean, I had nothing, no work, anything. And I was like, well, I guess I could like lean into this fancy lady cowgirl thing because I got a lot of time on my hands. And so we, and my mom was with me and she's like, yeah, yeah, you should do it. Like you should have India, you know, design something for you. And I was like, all right. And I went home and I thought about it and I was like, okay, this is it. Like you would have thought that I was about to buy like a yacht. That's how big, that's how much I thought of it. I was like, okay, this is what the stickers cost. I'm only, I have to order 50. Oh my God, that might break me. But like if I order 50 and nobody buys them, I'll just give them to my family as Christmas present. Like I was pretty sure that and looking back, it just makes me laugh. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I was pretty sure these 50 stickers were going to be the end. Like I was going to have to file bankruptcy. Like I don't even have a business to file bankruptcy. I was like, I'm gonna have to file bankruptcy if these don't sell. Like, you know, because everything was so uncertain, but like, I'm so glad that I made that leap. And I'm so glad, I don't know, like not to get like in this space, but like meeting India was a God thing. Like there was a reason. Doubt, likewise. Yeah. Like there was a reason that it was her and her shop. And like, you know, I look at what she's done for me and y'all like the, the entire merch line is India's doing. Let's be honest. The booth. Like if I had my own booth at Vegas, I would have showed up with like a laundry basket with some stickers and a couple t-shirts thrown in it and been like, Oh, we need grid wool. I need cash to make change. Like what? Like that is of your hotel bed for a tablecloth. <laughs> oh, no. like I would have, I would, I would have been absolutely clueless. Like she has taught me so much um just taught me so so much so I'm so thankful well and like Courtney and I we make a really good pair because we're both so passionate kind of like what y'all said earlier we're both so passionate we're so driven uh we think alike um our birthdays are like just a few days apart which I think is really cool but we are very similar and we care so much about what we do that it works you know we work really hard at it but it works because we care so much yeah we yeah we do oh, sweet. oh goodness when are y'all's birthdays so i'm october 19th i'm the 23rd okay. so yeah we're right there 
Aw. Oh, that so warms sweet. my heart. Well, so then let's talk about this. The overlap of your work, what it's like working individually and then where you two come together and how your work alone supports your work collaboratively speaking. Yeah, um, I guess I'll add this. Like I'll say this about India. Um, I am a self-admittedly not an easy person to work with. Partially, because, like, I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm not easy to work with. Not because now, and the reason is because I go hard and fast at all times. Like I'm the person that like, if you don't answer my email within 25 minutes of me sending it, I'm like, what the hell is this person doing? Well, how are they running their business this way? Like I, my parent, my mom is like my voice of reason. She's like, Courtney, you understand that not everyone operates at the speed that you operate. Part of it is growing up a ranch kid, right? Because you, you get up, you work hard, you know, you just do the dang thing. Then I worked in television. That's an industry where timing to the second matters like you whichever one of you shows up 10 minutes absolutely not absolutely not i'm the i'm the person that's like if i'm not there 15 minutes early like just cancel this whole thing because i am so wound up like so i'm not an easy person to work with i india and i she worded it much nicer but i feel like we're the same level of neurotic like we are yeah we are a hundred percent. Like I know without a doubt, like I don't get worried about anything with India because we're the same person, just nuts about, you know, everything type A organized. And I think that that's been part of why this has worked because we are, you know, the same people. I take, you know, my time very seriously. I, I don't put up with people wasting it, you know? And so like, I've just had the best experience. Um, with India. I don't even remember what the question was, but I just wanted to say that I'm a little bit crazy. So I appreciate India uh, working with me. Um, well, and I feel like we're both, like you said, we're both like crazy because we care so much. We, we want to put our yeah. best foot forward with everything that we do. And we both understand that level that we're at, that we just, we want to make it happen. And so we do. And going back to like how, like we are just in the right place at the right time when I was shut down at my shop, when I couldn't even come to work, you know, as a creative person, it kind of brought me down. And for a long time, like I, I didn't feel creative. I didn't, I didn't want to make new product because I, hell, I didn't know if we were ever going to open again. You know, at that point, like Courtney said, everything was so uncertain, but when she came in, she kind of relit that fire in me and really kind of woke up that creative side again for me. And I'm just so grateful that it all worked out. It did. It worked out beautifully. It did. And it will continue to flourish. Yep. <laughs> Aw, that's amazing. Sometimes it can be so hard to describe when you just have that, when it's just kismet like that and it yeah. works between the yeah. two. This is so like her fancy lady cowgirl project. I mean, I love it as much as she does because I'm, I'm a part of it. And so I just always want to put my best foot forward with her. And, you know, I've started my company and I know how hard it can be. And, you know, with COVID and supply chain issues and all that, it's very stressful. But the fact that, you know, I've been through this before and I can explain things to her and tell her, kind of give her my advice on what and what not to do. We just, we make a really good team. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I want to reiterate about India, she sort of like briefly mentioned it. 
you know, we worked together for a while um, and I'm like the old maid of this relationship. <laughs> India is so young. And when I look at what she has done, like not only is she running a business, she's running a really successful business in Dallas, in a major city, um, in a premier part, you know, of the city, like what she's been able to do. And, and I think it's, it's such a testament because when she says it's a family run business, it is literally her, her mom and her dad on the weekends. Like that is it. She doesn't vacation. She doesn't like when we, you know, I mean, that's what's so amazing about India. Like I recognize how hard and I admire what she has built. So on my end, I'm like, dang, I better fold the shit out of these t-shirts because I know what it took, you know, to get there. And now that I'm sort of trying to build something on my own, um, as well, I just have like the utmost respect for her. Yeah. Likewise, what Courtney has done and what she has promoted to like, just she's gotten people out of their comfort levels a lot, like just and seeing her, her following and her, her just everyone who comes up to her in FR and, you know, all these things, she has changed people's lives. And I mean, she changed mine in, in a way I never expected. And she's the just everything that she says and she's so dedicated to and her message, it's truly inspiring. Mm, thank you. It's, it's hard to find people that will work as hard for you as you will. And yeah. yes. it's really, really special where you find someone that has different talents than you do that will work really, really hard for what you're doing. So and we have a lot of listeners that are like entrepreneurs or they're doing something on their own. So can you guys speak to a little bit about like isolation within this industry like how um I feel like especially as women we are extremely isolated or can be put against each other that's such a great question because it's true I'll tell you I when I started this company I said I'm, I'm gonna give this a thousand percent of my attention and I'm gonna show up every day even on the days I don't want to I'm gonna put my best foot forward every day and kind of going to the isolation part of your question, I guess. I mean, there are days that, you know, all my friends, they're all getting together for a brunch on a Saturday and someone's birthday and hanging out. And I can't, I can't go because I've got to run my shop. And so it's like, in the beginning, you're so focused on your work that you kind of brush that kind of stuff off. But it's like, I feel like the older you get, the more, like the faster that time goes, you kind of look back and you're like, man, I wish I'd been at that birthday party or I wish I could go to this event or something. But at the end of the day, my business is so important to me that I have to show up to that and I'm so dedicated to it. So I guess kind of what I'm trying to say is the work-life balance. If you want to make something work and if you're the one making it work, you have to, there's really no balance. You have to put your work first for a bit to make it successful and I feel like a lot of people, when they start a business, they think it'll be easy and it's not. You have to give things up. You have to, to put a lot of things on the back burner, which are really important to you. But at the end of the day, you've got to put your business first in order for it to succeed. I agree with everything that India said. Um, you know, I think about like the sacrifices and things early on. When I, when I made the decision to leave, um, uh, a not not a nine to five, you know, in TV, it's more like a 3am to 8am situation, but a job with insurance and, 
you know, sort of a, sort of a semi-regular schedule and stuff. I, when I'd made the decision to leave and become just an independent contractor, I wanted to take the TV jobs that I wanted. I was so tired of working for the networks and being controlled by the networks, you know, the narrative, the image, everything in television is controlled. And I just really wanted to get out of that and just sort of tell the stories that I wanted to tell. And, you know, that sounds really cool and amazing. And it's like, heck yeah, like go do your thing, girl. Well, the, the part of the story that, you know, people rarely see is in order to stay in Dallas and then to stay where, you know, in my apartment, I had to walk dogs for a year. I mean, I was a, I was a, bonafide dog walker. And that's how I paid my rent. And, you know, I knew Fancy Lady Cowgirl really had, was just sort of a, a, an idea at that point. But like, I, you know, like India, like I said no to a lot of things. Like my girlfriends here were going out to lunches and dinners and events and I wouldn't go. Not because I didn't want to spend time with them because I did not have any extra money to be spending on a meal out. And um, occasionally I would go and I would always eat before I went. And then I, I just wanted to be in their company and God bless my girlfriends. You know, my, I, I told this story at my fancy lady cowgirl event, but my friend Daniela would always order a big meal and they never pressured me because they knew what I was doing. And then she would go, oh, I am full. And she would like slide over. It wasn't like I was hungry. I mean, I had food at home, you know, but like, I, I look at, those women, women like India, Daniela, my friend Alex here, who were really supportive during that time because they also had built businesses. Like they knew the sacrifice and what it, what it took. And there were a lot of days, you know, where I could have just packed up my bags and moved home to the ranch and worked at the ranch or like starts, you know, sent my tape out to other TV stations. But I just, I was so tired of, of the control that, you know, corporate America and, and the networks really had over me. And, um, so I just, when I decided to break out of that, yeah, like there was a lot of things I had to sacrifice. And, you know, I, I joked about the stickers earlier, like that was a big deal for me. And, and, you know, I look back now and I laugh cause like 50 stickers, like we're ordering them a thousand at a time, you know, that's like nothing, but like you have to, everybody starts somewhere, you know, when I ordered those stickers, uh, a note card or my goodness, a t-shirt say what, like that wasn't even on you know, my radar, but I had someone supporting me and building me up who had done it. She got it. She'd been there. She knew what I was trying to do. She answered every stupid question I asked. And so, um, you know, I'm just thankful that I, that I had, you know, that I had India. And I also, when you were asking this isolation question, and I know that this is something India and I both have sort of struggled with. I think isolation could also be like, I'm sort of at the point I'm not sort of, I'm at the point in my business where I need help. I need help. I need like maybe an assistant. I'm, I kind of need someone to book travel. Like, oh, I'm trying to plan a plane see lady cowgirl event. Well, guess what? I'm not going to be able to do that on my own. I need a team. But for me, and I won't speak for India, but for me, it's really hard to give up some of that control because it's hard to find people like India who are as dedicated to my brand and my business as I am. And so like, that's something that I struggle with. I'm like, Polly, like, how do I find someone that I trust that loves this as much as I do? And maybe the answer is, you know, I won't, I don't know. Um, but I think isolation can also kind of be self-inflicted, <laughs> like, because I'm like, nah, I don't need help. But then, you know, I'm like, don't know what airport I'm supposed to be at. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where am I going? What am I doing? What project is this? What podcast is this? Like, um, so I think, 
yeah, I think some of that, you know, when you get to a certain point in your business is maybe a little bit self-inflicted, but I don't know. I just haven't taken the leap yet because I'm like, well, I don't even have time. I'm like, when am I going to find somebody? I don't know. <laughs> and I feel like that also goes back to the whole, how dedicated and passionate we are about what we do. We, it's not that we don't trust people. It's just that we love what we do so much. And it's hard to bring in someone new who loves it as much as we do, you know? Well, absolutely. And what I've found too, is how do you ask somebody to do what you truly need them to do? Because we're, especially when you start, it's not me as a musician, I'm not making the money. So who's going to pay them? Who's going to ask them to be there a hundred hours a week. And when they're not working, they're going to still have to care about it enough to always represent it well and mm. be looking for new opportunities. And while they're doing the opportunities, like be a thousand percent on and like connecting and just the amount of, of stuff that goes into it. I don't even think you could fit it into a job description. Yeah. It's like you find someone, you tell them what they need to do and they run, they run away because they're like, what the heck are these crazy people talking about? You're asking me for a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're asking me for way too much. This is above my prey grade because right yeah. now it's zero. <laughs> this is more than zero dollars worth. So then my question for the two of you is what was the learning curve in your relationship, your dynamic that built that mutual trust that allowed you to realize the the shared passion, the joint passion um, that you two have? Mm, I, I think the real, <laughs> I think the first NFR we did was like a true test. And it was my mom. She's like, this is either going to go really well or India, you're going to kill each other. And, um, you know, because, and she said that because she knows that India and I are so alike. And like, sometimes that really works. And then sometimes it ends in like one of us is murdered. Neither of us have been murdered yet. So it's been yeah. good so far. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think that was kind of like the big, the first big test. And, and that first NFR where we sort of did a booth um, together, mind you, middle of COVID. So yeah. like you add all that stress and pressure on top of it. And I had never done anything like that. So I was a nervous wreck. Um, and India just like, you know, handled it with such grace. And, well, and like, even that NFR, it was the one that was here in Fort Worth. And it was new for me too, because like Court said, it was the middle of COVID. And I mean, our whole world had been flipped. And I mean, I'm going all the way down to supply chain issues. Like Courtney wanted this one shirt, uh, color and, and uh, material. And they only had mediums and smalls. So we couldn't get any other size. So we had to find something else really quick. And, you know, we kept running into like obstacles and stuff like that, that I had never really run into before because up until then supply had been manageable, you know, and this NFR was here in Texas. So the, the layout was different. The structure was different. Everything was different. So we both kind of went into it blindfolded um, and it turned out great, but it was a learning curve for both of us, even though I had done it before, it was completely different than years past. I kind of want to touch on quick, like, what are your tips for working or collaborating with your friends? You guys touched on a little bit, like, you know, murdering each other, but that's a real, I mean, it's, <laughs> sometimes we think about it. If you not, know? you do it, you could hire someone to get the job done. But what are your tips for working with your friends that, you know, keeps that relationship healthy outside of? What are your tips on um, collaborating with your friends, but also being able to establishing um, boundaries within those business relationships because you do each have your separate thing? Mm, that's a good question. Um, 
I think for me, I have to really step back and this sort of goes back to talking about the, the sort of like pace and aggressiveness in which I do things. I have to remember that not everyone operates the way that India and I operate, you know, like I have to step back and remember that because I'm a like, you know, Enneagram three type A, like um, hard, fast, whatever, that not everybody operates that way. And it's not, that's not a bad thing. You know, um, I think that's sort of my, I just have to continually remind myself like, okay, you know, don't freak out. Like it's going to work out. We're going to figure it out. These are the qualities that this person brings to the table. These are the qualities that I bring to the table. Um, and I also, you know, I have to remember that this is not a, not a newsroom, you know, so people are not going to work 14 hour days. Um, I have to, you know, my mom reminds me, she's like, please, like when you're working with other people, you cannot scream the F word, um, like across, you know, because I come from that. She can, with me. She can with me. It's cool. With India, with India, I can't, but like, <laughs> You know, I come, like, if you've never worked in that television environment, it's really hard for, uh, to ex kind of explain what it's like, but it's frantic, it's hectic, everyone is, is miserable, like, you're crossing, you're crying, it's, it's so fast-paced, you know, it's a, it's a hard and fast, cutthroat industry. I have to remember that I'm, you know, when I'm doing stuff like this and things with being City Cowgirl, that not everyone is going to operate at that level, and that's okay, and it's a good, you know, those people are probably going to have way less ulcers than I will, you know, right? Like it's, it's not a bad thing, but I think for me, I just have to really look at the, the person I'm partnering up with and their personality traits. And, and I have to also remember people have lives. I get very wrapped up in my own thing. I'm single. I don't have, you know, a husband and children at home. I'm not trying to run a ranch, you know, and the challenges that come with that. Like I'm sitting in my apartment doing nothing all day, but cranking away on this one business. And I have to really take into consideration, most people, they got lots of things going on, you know, um, and, and not everyone's going to answer emails at, at midnight like I do. And I don't know, I'm rambling now, but for me, I have to just like kind of put myself in my own place. Like, you know, put myself like back, like slow down, calm down. It's going to work out. I 100% agree with what she just said about other people have lives. It's not that we don't have lives. It's just that we tend to put our business first, which is not necessarily a bad thing uh, because we wouldn't be where we are today if we didn't. Um, but I, you know, there are, there are days that, you know, when I'm working with a supplier or, you know, just trying to find a new supplier or something, I have to remember that, oh, they're not open on Saturday and Sunday like I am. Oh, they don't work seven days a week. They're not at the office seven days a week. And, you know, they, they actually go on vacation with their families and whatnot. But I, I feel like I, I 100% agree with what Courtney says. And every now and then I have to kind of reel it back in like, okay, not everyone, and again, it's not bad, but not everybody does what we do where they just work. And I mean, we work and work and work and, you know, there'll be a day that we can kind of step back a little bit, but again, it goes back to that whole passion and dedication. We just care so much that we don't want to stop. We just want to make it as big as we can and hit the ground running and just work at it as much as we can. Yeah. And I think, 
for both India and I, I think we both recognize that now is the time to do it, right? Because we do want to have families someday. Like we would like to go on a vacation someday, you know? So I think for both of us right now, we're really leaning into it because we have that, you know, freedom to do so. And I also feel like COVID really smacked me in the face with, holy shit, this can all be gone tomorrow, you know? So I want to work at it while, while I can, like you just said, court, like with having freedom, we don't have families. We're not tied up with anything right now. Um, but we're just, we're working at it while we can. Oh, and what a beautiful and powerful message to leave everyone with that at the end of the day, this is all about love, love for what you do, love for yourself, love for the people around you and giving them the, the time and the respect and the grace that they all deserve. Mm. It's a thing of beauty. For sure. For sure. So ladies, tell the listeners where they can find you online. And Instagram, I'm just Court Dehoff, uh, Facebook, Courtney Dehoff TV, CourtneyDehoff.com. You can find me, FancyLadyCowgirl.com, or just go through India. You can track me down that way too. <laughs> I was going to say, you can track me down through Courtney. Um, I'm a Whiskey Designs. It's W-H-I-S-K-I Designs. Um, I'm that on Instagram, Facebook, whiskeydesigns.com. Um, we're always posting about each other, sharing things, and always having a good time on our platforms. So check it out. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy lives yeah. to talk with us today and just for showing us all what it's like to be someone's number one hype person. Ooh, love that. Mm. Ooh. Love that. Mm. Well, thanks for having us. We, we really appreciate it and it was so great meeting you girls in Vegas, and hopefully we will see y'all there this year. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to shake us off that easy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> We're stalking y'all now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Breaking Western Podcast Season 5 Bye. Dynamic Duos. We will see you all next week.